this past weekend was a busy time for my wife and myself. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. Plus, I have some very important stories that I need to share. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Brand new week. Here we are entering the second week of the month of December. Well, my wife and I had an opportunity to take a little bit of a trip over this past weekend. Now, for those that are regular listeners, you know I've been dealing with a health issue. So there were times over the past several weeks I wasn't certain if we could actually make this trip. I'm still recuperating from bladder surgery. And it makes travel not as easy or as comfortable as it could be. And you have to stop a lot more frequently. But it was an important trip. For me personally, my wife and I really wanted to make this trip. This is to a small church that is just launching in Georgia. A small congregation. They're in what we would call their soft opening. They have just a couple of families together. And I had a, a, a person to ordain as their clergyman, which is what I do in my ministry. And so we traveled from our home in Virginia. And, you know, it took way over five hours. It should have taken more like four, but it took like five and a half, six hours to make the trip. And then we got there Saturday afternoon. We met for a while Saturday evening, and then we had services on Sunday. Then I spent some time with the newly ordained individual, and we got back in last night. And yeah, I'm tired. I'm pretty beat. And like I say, this is the first kind of trip we've taken in months. I mean, I didn't realize how worn out I was. And the losing of blood that I've been dealing with, and still do to a degree, it can just wear you down. And so some days are not as easy as others, but I want to thank you for your prayers. And I'm thankful to God for the opportunity that I had to spend some time with this young young guy. Um, he and his wife are expecting their first child sometime into the summer of next year. And we pray for them. And he's one of these kind of people, and this is what I find so exciting, as he and I got to to know each other better. He's the kind of a person that fulfills what you read in the Bible. Here I am, Lord, send me, send me. He will do anything in his power, take financial risk, whatever the Lord asked him and his wife to do, to serve, to serve God. And, and you don't find that as much anymore today, but there he is, putting his life on the line. And I have others that I'm talking to. And so I pray for health to keep me going so I'm able to do the things that I need to be doing in the days and the weeks and the months ahead. So I just wanted to say that at the beginning of the program that we had this trip. So if I seem a little tired in my voice, you'll understand. I got a pretty decent sleep last night. But it was a long trip getting home and, and way after dark. And when you start getting a little older, you know what I mean, when you have to deal with trucks and people speeding on highways in the dark, in the mountains, you know, it's not as easy as it used to be years ago. So keep me in your prayers. A lot of news stories in front of me today, and, and I'm having a hard time 
deciding which ones are the most important. But you know, I, wa- I want to start with this one, and and I'm sure the numbers will change today and into tomorrow morning, which is election day for a runoff in the state of Georgia. Now, we were in Georgia, and we carefully maneuvered not to watch any television or listen to any local radio because I know that we would have been inundated with political advertising for Raphael Warnock primarily because there seems to be more money in his campaign coffer, and then Herschel Walker. And I want to just go on record today giving you my gut reaction. I could be wrong. This is just, I'm guessing here, but I'm going to give you an educated guess. And I think many of you may feel the same thing. If you look over history, let's let's put the potential for theft and cheating out of the picture just for the moment. Let's assume that never happens. I know that it does. I know that it did in Georgia in certain places, but let's just pretend it doesn't happen. There's another issue that is on the table that needs to be understood. It happened back in 2020. It happened in 2022, and it's happening in this runoff. Republicans are probably going to lose this election for the same reason that they lose in many places. They just will not come out and vote early. I'm telling you, they just will not come out and vote early. As of this past Saturday, 52% of the early votes have been cast by Democrats and only 39% by Republicans. And so what happens is what happens in Arizona. Republicans wait for Election Day because it's our tradition to come out on Election Day. Well, you're going to have to start playing dirty by the rules that your opposition is playing by. It happened in Pennsylvania. It happened in Arizona. Remember, Arizona, Republicans waited till Election Day. And then all over Maricopa County, what, half of the voting machines at least, maybe we know that over a third, mostly in, shall we say, strongly conservative areas, there were voting issues. Machines didn't work. Printers failed. It couldn't read ballots. People were waiting in lengthy lines for hours. And they got disappointed and left. Now, that could be by design. I'm not saying that it is, but it really could be. Considering that the Secretary of State, the classless individual who is also running for governor of Arizona, she's the one that was implementing that election along with the uh, controlled, Democrat-controlled Maricopa County. And so to have these issues show up, election after election after election, you better start understanding that Democrats have got you pegged. They know full well you are not going to show up until election day. Let's have, they're they're the ones guilty of voter suppression, not Republicans. That bill signed by Governor Kemp, and while he is far from my favorite Republican governor in the country and doesn't rank even in the top governors that I've known in the state of Georgia. The bill that was signed in the state, I think, was more than generous and stretching far beyond what the founding fathers of this nation ever envisioned in terms of availability of voting. 
truth is that more Democrats have come out to vote and vote early and vote easily or by mail or by whatever than ever before in the history of the state. So these arguments from the Stacey Abrams and others fall to me. They're pointless, fruitless, and feckless, fraudulent arguments. They're just totally, they're bizarre. But see, they believe in telling the big lie long enough so you believe that it was all voter suppression. What is really happening is Democrats have figured ways, legally, to suppress Republican voting. And in some cases, I think illegally, like what happened in Maricopa County. Yes, I'm going to say it. I really believe that somebody intentionally made sure that everything was screwed up royally on Election Day, knowing that Democrats had already voted. Let's suppress that Republican vote. It happened. There's no doubt in my mind it happened. So the story is predictable. Democrats have already voted. Republicans will come out on Tuesday. And you watch. Maybe it won't be ballot printers running out of ink, tabulation machines jamming, but there may be long lines getting longer and longer. The Democrats don't care. They've already got their votes They've already stuffed the ballot box. And those that will be waiting for hours to vote for Herschel Walker will be largely Republicans. The Democrats will succeed once again in voter suppression. Question. When, When will Republicans ever learn? We worry about our votes, if you're conservative, being lost through fraud. I'm not even a registered member of the Republican Party anymore because they've gone to leftist for me. Mitch McConnell has lost me as a Republican. I'm a conservative, and I will vote accordingly. The Democrats didn't win any election because of Trump or Biden. They just mastered the art of getting out the vote. Early, never on election day, by mail, never in person, by absentee, through ballot harvesting. You know, where they go out to nursing homes, they look for people that they know got ballots that are too lazy to go vote, and they have them helped in filling them out, and then they take them and drop them off in ballot boxes. But good old Republicans, we wait till that morning of election day, And we get up early and try to vote before we go to work or after. And then we get thwarted. We get trounced. And they laugh at us. You know, those silly Republicans, they're not going to learn. They're too stupid to learn that the Democrats have figured the voting out. If Republicans ever plan to win, they're going to have to get serious about playing by the newly established rules to make it fair. They need to get the vote early. They need to get their people and their base out. They need to harvest ballots the same way that Democrats do. What is good for the goose is good for the gander. I'm tired of this. A couple of other things, and I'm going to leave Georgia behind. The lieutenant governor of Georgia said he went to the polls, and I think he's lying through his teeth, and he decided when he got in there that he couldn't vote for either candidate, so he left. And he didn't vote for for a Senate candidate. Well, I've got news for the lieutenant governor, and you are a, a, a 
a vomitous disappointment in saying that. And here's why. You ran as a Republican in the state of Georgia. You ran in a primary. You've had the, you had the party back you as a candidate. You also signed a pledge. And let me remind people, because I used to be a member in good standing and went to all the meetings of the Republican Party in several counties in the state of Florida. You sign a pledge that you will vote and you will vote for all Republican candidates, bar none. Bar none. You ran as a Republican. You won as a Republican. You now have an obligation, unless you want to leave the Republican Party, which is your right to do. You made a solemn vow to support other Republican candidates. The fact that this lieutenant governor in the state of Georgia refuses to vote for Herschel Walker, whether you like him or not, he should be removed from the Republican Party immediately. And if the Republican Party in the state of Georgia, after what this man said publicly and on television, does not remove him, then your party is dead in the state of Georgia because you have no guts, you have no fortitude, you have no honor, you have no integrity. In other words, you're acting pretty much like most Republicans, like Mitch McConnell and others, have done for years. You're swamp creatures playing loyal opposition. You're phony. You're frauds. And I'm done with all of you. I really am. Because we're not going to fix things at the ballot box. Sure, I voted this year. I really did. My wife voted this year. We really did. We voted absentee. We've already figured out the scam the Democrats have been doing. We were, we were away for a, a season, so we voted absentee. Of course. So I don't want to be like Arizona where 5,000 people signed in to vote on election day but left before they could cast a ballot because the lines were too long and it was going way into the night. The Democrats count on chaos. They create it. Something else that needs to be said. I think we were sold a bill of goods on the Supreme Court nominees that were supposed to be truly conservative. This Supreme Court has been an absolute and total disappointment. Let's look at the state of Georgia. They changed the rules for the, um, for the runoff election but not by the legislature, by a judge. Once again, a judge got in the middle of it. And I would love for that judge to come on this radio program. He'll never do it because I'm going to call him out as the fraud, phony, and fake that he is, partisan hack, illiterate when it comes to the Constitution. The Constitution says emphatically, only the state legislatures set the time, date, and method of elections. It doesn't say a judge. It doesn't say a secretary of state. It doesn't even say a governor or lieutenant governor. It doesn't say a county council. It doesn't say a mayor. It says only the state legislatures determine the time, method, and place of elections. And so every time a state or federal judge gets in the middle of an election, you are committing a constitutional violation. Period. 
And every time the Supreme Court uses claims like no standing or, well, we don't know, we don't want to hear it, they should hear it and say, you have no authority in this, Mr. Judge. Shut up, sit down, and get out of the way. Leave the law intact as it was. That's what's giving the Democrats an advantage in Georgia. They got an extra week of early voting. Plenty of time to harvest another couple of hundred thousand ballots. Our legal system in this nation is garbage. Just trash. Garbage. We have a legal system, not a justice system. It's legal, but it's not just. It's all about the money. I know people that have gone to jail because they can't afford to defend themselves, and they were definitely innocent. So I have issues with what our justice system has become. Mistakes can be made. But then you have prosecutors that on one side will not go after real crime, but they chase after, for political reasons, their enemies. They use the power of the courts, the FBI, and, and all kind of law enforcement and security agencies to chase after political enemies. The biggest, biggest fraud that I know is Christopher Ray at the FBI, and then you've got, well, then you've got Merrick Garland over at the Department of Justice. I call it now the Department of Injustice. It's basically a political tool for the Biden administration. I call it the Biden administration only because he's the figurehead. Honestly, I don't think the man even knows what he's doing. He just shows up, reads his instructions, and there are people behind the scenes that are pulling all the levers. And they're pulling the levers to the destruction of the United States. And so we know, I know, that... The odds of, I'm sorry, the odds, the odds of Herschel Walker winning in Georgia are pretty dim because a judge changed the rules unconstitutionally and nobody fought back. Nobody took it to another level and no, and the Supreme Court of the United States wouldn't touch it anyway. So here we go again. When are you going to learn? You're not fixing it at the ballot box. I'm sick and tired of Bob. Don't worry. We're, we're going to fix it in 2022. We're going to get the House and the Senate. Didn't happen. Barely got the House and we're not going to get the Senate. You're not going to get it. Well, come 2024, you wait and see. We're going to fix it and Jesus could return like it's post mill because we're going to fix it so good. Don't count on it. Stop counting on it. I'm getting sick of this putting your hopes in politicians. And don't count on the mainstream media, social media, though it's going to be fun to watch what happens to Twitter over the next weeks and months. But you know, as long as the current Department of Justice or Injustice is in power, nothing is going to happen. The word will get out to people like you and I, but to those that watch MSNBC, to those that watch CNN, to those that just don't pay attention, they'll be clueless as usual and led around in their little utopia. And they'll believe every lie that they're told. You remember during the early days of the pandemic, a lot of people were beginning to say, you know, this virus came out of a lab. 
and everybody in government, including Anthony Fauci, uh, Collins, and all those. Everybody, Francis Collins, uh, Fauci, uh, the people at the CDC, the people at the at the WHO, the WHO, all said, "No, no, 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 no." It came from it came from a bat somewhere in China that ended up in a in a meat market in Wuhan. That's the or, that's the origination. I'm, I'm looking at an article. This came out in 2015. 2015, five years before we ever heard the word pandemic. And this was a study from 2015. And this is where people like Fauci and others were already playing with these gain-of-function viruses. And a SARS-like cluster of circulating bat coronaviruses show a potential for human emergence They were doing gain-of-function study. You know, Ralph Barrick, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, EcoHealth Alliance, Fauci, all together were working on these things. They were creating these monster viruses. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And here we see some smoking guns out there that they were doing this years ago, yet they lie to you about it, and they lie to the United States Congress. They'll lie to the United States Senate. They'll lie on television. And they take U.S. taxpayer money, and they believe they are entitled like gods to do what they want, and they were also funding this illegal research on foreign soil. China, we know definitely. It is also very possible this kind of work may have been done in Ukraine. Duh, yeah. We'll find out maybe someday. We'll find out. I hope it's not too late. We as a nation here in the United States are in deep trouble. We have lost our moral compass. And as a nation, I do not see it coming back at all. Now, here's a quick story to give you an example. This comes out of Eureka Springs, Arkansas, a conservative town, conservative community, where the mayor and the city attorney have ordered a nativity scene in a park to be removed. Now, the the organizers of what's called the Great Passion Play have been ordered to remove a nativity scene from a park in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Now, this nativity scene has been there for 70 years, since 1952, 70 years. But you want to know there's a little bit of hope in this? They're refusing to comply. They're saying, we're tired of this. Enough is enough is enough. I, you know, let me put it this way. If Christmas is so dangerous and deadly, then you in government go to work on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Don't take it off. Don't declare it some kind of a holiday when you know its origins are the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, period. The federal government made Christmas not a winter solstice not some other entity. They made specifically by the name Christmas a federal holiday. 
and most states have done the same. It is the Christmas Day or Christmas whatever holiday. And I'm sick and tired of these vomitous attorneys. That's what all I can call them these days and keep my composure. Separation of church and state, separate. It sounds like Barney Fife running down the street. Citizens arrest or whatever nonsense. Separation of church and state. Nowhere did our founding fathers ever dream of such suppression of religious expression. So this executive director has been ordered by the mayor and the city attorney. They got to remove it. Can't have it. Can't have it in Eureka Springs. Might offend somebody. Might cause somebody emotional harm or distress. What silliness. And of course, the mayor is is a coward. He's hiding. He won't return any calls about comment. Even I've asked for a comment. He's going to ignore everybody. But you know what I may do? I may ask the mayor. I may actually request under a Freedom of Information Act request to the mayor and the city attorney that they provide me under a Freedom of Information request any and all correspondence internally among staff regarding this particular matter. I want to know, I want everybody to know who made that decision to pull the plug on something that's been there 70 years. Now, the mayor of Eureka Springs is a guy named Robert Butch Berry, and I have his email address if you'd like to reach out and share your thoughts with him. It's not a difficult email address. It's simply mayor, M-A-Y-O-R, mayor at Eureka Springs, and then the letters A-R like Arkansas, Eureka Springs, A-R dot G-O-V, mayor at Eureka Springs, A-R dot G-O-V. And that is his official email. And he's an architect. And actually, his address for that is rdberryarchitect at scbglobal.net. rdberry, the letter R is in Robert, D is in David, then Berry, B-E-R-R-Y, architect, rdberryarchitect at sbcglobal.net. I'm getting sick of these people saying, you can't have your nativity display. It may offend somebody. Well, you people offend me. When are you going to stop offending me and others? Why do we have to always cave in? I'm sick of it. Why are we always the ones that allow ourselves to be run over and never stand up and say enough's enough? We are tired of being persecuted by the feckless and foolish that we, that we elect to lead us. And all they do is shaft us. Sorry, but I said it. And I'm getting tired of this being lied to, being messed with, being treated like second-rate, second-class citizens. I'm tired of my vote not being counted because they, well, in my case, I'm smart enough to know how they play the stupid game, so I make sure my vote is in early. I don't wait to election day to have the evil people make sure that my voting is ruined. 
like people are in Georgia, like people were in Arizona. They show up on election day like they used to in the 1950s. You know, I like Ike and everybody showed up on election day. Today, they have figured out how to get around that system. Well, I've got some other stories that need to be shared and they will have to wait until the other side of this break. And I didn't expect to go as long on a couple of these as I did today. And I apologize because I have so much I wanted to share. But I think what, what I needed to share on voting, what I needed to share on how even these governments in so-called conservative states cannot be trusted to uphold conservative values. It's not like Christmas was invented two weeks ago and somebody wants a display up for a newfound whatever. They've been doing this for 70 years. We've been doing Christmas for 2,000 years. If you believe in this ministry, let me ask you a question. Would you consider financial support? I want to thank you, all of you, that have gone out of your way over the last several days to help us out. It was getting to be pretty touch and go, and it's still going to be a rough month, but a lot better today than it was not long ago. And I've noticed something, and it really excites me, and it makes it easy for some of you I know, are using Give, Send, Go. That's Give, Send, Go. Give, Send, Go. I can't even speak. Give, Send, Go.com. And if you go to our website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com, under support, you can find both our mailing address and you can see the link for Give, Send, Go. We no longer use uh, PayPal for obvious reasons. I don't, I don't trust them. I just don't. They have decided to find people they disagree with and take your money. And I've seen some, some conservative outlets all of a sudden lose money and they can't pay their bills because, you know, PayPal is taking it. They've done it before. They'll do it again. And so I'm looking at all these alternative ways and banking and everything else that need to be done in the future. I see it getting worse, not getting better. But Give, Send, Go has been excellent. And, and I want to thank many of you that stepped up. And, and there, I was surprised getting these emails saying that, you know, that account is building up. And it's going to be a huge help later this week. So that's one way you can support us. If you don't use the internet, if you don't use any of that, we have a simple mailing address. If you make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. Now, when I come back, I've got a couple of other stories that I really need to share with you. And and I want to kind of set the tone for some things we need to really be getting a, a handle on in the days, weeks, and months ahead. 
I say this for a reason, not to be depressing to you. Because I'm encouraged even in this bad news. I really am. I just know that we can never fix the United States at the ballot box alone. The ballot box is nothing more than a reflection of our nation, period. It's just a reflection. And yes, some of it is done by manipulating how people vote, but it's still a reflection nonetheless. We need to change people. That's why I went down to Georgia this past weekend. That's why we made that trip and spent that time with that small group as they begin to develop a new congregation. And, and I, I, like I say, I, I'm, there are people literally I'm talking to in Nevada, in New Orleans, in Michigan, in South Carolina, North Carolina, that are interested in doing the same. And as my health improves, we are planning on doing a, a church here in our part of Virginia and perhaps even another one in Florida. So a lot going on in the ministry part behind the scenes that I'm involved with. And, and I'll share a few thoughts on that and other ways to expand, well, to grow the church because too much of the church today has gone apostate, too much of the church has gone entertainment. The, the, the true Christians, we're now the minority, let's face it, we are just a minority. And we need to, if your church body is, well, accepting things that are unscriptural and you're facing a challenge, contact me. We need to talk. And you can reach me at my email address, truththenumber2ponder.com is our is our website. And my address is bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. Reach out to me and share your story. Maybe there's something we can do to help. And with that, we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The second response coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Khan, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. I'm receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In the gospel, it says that that Messiah... Yeshua, Jesus, was walking along the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting their nets. He said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. It says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, you ever wonder about that? Why immediately they left their nets? I mean, that's an amazing jump that happens right there. For them to just drop everything over a man they never saw before. Well, the key is they. it was not the first time. If you read before in the Gospel of John, it turns out, for instance, Andrew was already a follower. Uh, he was already called to follow Messiah, but then apparently he had settled back into fishing. And so this is not the first calling. This is the second calling. And now he and Peter and others will answer it and they'll follow again. But this time it's going to change your life. So the true disciple of God doesn't just say yes to God, yes to Jesus once. They don't just say, I'll follow you once. They don't just drop their nets and leave everything once, but again and again and again. So you can't live on yesterday's yeses. You need to give him your yes every day. Your hineni, here I am, Lord, send me every day. You need to choose him every day. Become a disciple every day. Pick up your cross every day. Forsake everything every day. Drop your nets every day. Surrender every day. Seek him more and more every day. It's not the one-time answer that makes a disciple. It's the continual answer, the progressive, increasing answer. The good news is, even if you said yes before or no before, you... 
Now is the time you can say yes today. That yes can change your life as if it were the first time because for the disciple, the call of God and the answer is always for the first time. Okay, now, what if I offered you something priceless, wonderful, life-changing, and free? Here goes right now. Sapphires, it's as precious as it sounds, and it's guaranteed to help you have a life of victory and joy and the incredible mystery of the temple doors on CD. You'll love it. It's priceless and free. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. The most amazing way to ever change the world, impact the world, through shortwave radio, blanket the earth with the salvation. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me at the Nice Jewish Boy Box, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the Nice Jewish Boy Box, 1111. Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, give him your yes, be a disciple, drop your nets, my friend. He's calling you. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, or Haolam, the light of the world. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Monday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. A little bit tired today. My wife and I were gone all weekend. We had traveled down to Georgia. And as I mentioned at the top of the program, it's the first time that I have traveled or been away from our home for any length of time. And yeah, it was not easy. And as we're still trying to heal, it, it, it did wear me out. So if I sound a little tired today, I truly do apologize. And we'll try to get some rest later and overnight and try to get back into our routine tomorrow. And as I mentioned early on uh, with the program that I really enjoyed the time we were away. It is, as stressful as it was, it was worth the time to to be involved and ordain a young clergyman who is going to be, I think, doing wonderful things in ministry. And that's truly who I'm, I'm at at heart. You know, I, I, I am less a partisan than I am somebody that is more committed to the Word of God. I just know that certain political parties are more friendly to God than others. And I'll just leave it at that. A couple of other news stories that I'm looking at that really caught my attention. And I want to share them, and I'm going to give you my take, and maybe you may not agree with everything I'm about to say, but that's all right. That's okay, too. There was a situation that occurred back just the other day. There's a restaurant called Metzger's Bar and Butchery in Richmond, Virginia. In Richmond, Virginia. And... A Christian ministry had booked a party at that restaurant. Okay, they booked the party. The restaurant had accepted their reservation. But just 90 minutes before the guest arrived, the LGBTQ staff of Metzger's uh, Bar and Butchery in Richmond, Virginia, Metzger's Bar and Butchery in Richmond, Virginia, they canceled the event. And the reason they did that, they they stated, 
Many on our staff are women and or members of the LGBTQ plus community. And this is what they wrote. All of our staff people with rights who deserve dignity in a safe work environment. And we do not support the right of diners who have differing opinions about marriage or pronouns. Okay, fine. Okay, if that's the way you want it, fine. But let's do a couple of things first. If you have that problem, don't accept the reservation to begin with. Don't cancel 90 minutes before because your little hurt staff and their feelings are crushed because they're a part of a reprobate community. That's their choice. And also, if you're going to cancel, I never want to hear another word about we need to force Christians to make wedding cakes for gay marriages. I never want to hear that out of your mouth again. Number one, I have a differing opinion than they do about marriage. Number one, a man cannot marry a man. A woman cannot marry a woman. It's an abomination before God. That is my right to believe. And the Bible supports that right. And I don't believe we choose our pronouns like... I'm not going to say, and anybody that asks me for my preferred pronouns, I laugh at them at their face and walk away. I look at them and say, I'm sorry you're suffering a mental illness. Get help, please. I'm not going to play your game where some male teacher now wants to be identified as a he or a she in front of his elementary school kids. This is demonic. And I really believe when they say we and they reminds me of the book of Mark when Jesus cast out the demons. Who are you? Legions, for we are many. This is all demonic. And so fine. If Metzger's Bar and Butchery wants to, you know, not have Christians in their business, fine. Be honest. You know, you're, you don't pull this stunt. Yeah, we know who these people are. Let's wait to the last minute and pull the plug. They did that in retaliation. And I personally think they should be sued for doing it. If they didn't want the party, that's one thing. That gives the the people at the TFFA, which is, you know, the a family organization in Virginia, time to make other arrangements. Just like if somebody goes to a Christian bakery and demands that we participate in their abomination before God and we refuse, we can say, but you may want to go down the street to the other woke business that caters to your, well, reprobateness. Help yourself. You have free will. But don't force me into, into your abomination before God. Let's just be intellectually honest, which brings up my next topic. And this one has been a sore spot for me for a number of years. And I want to be clear about this. When did the state, when did the government, when did kings and presidents and governors and legislatures and counties, whatever, get involved in marriage? Let's be honest. When did they get involved in marriage? Historically, and I don't care what culture you find in the world today, marriage 
has always been from the very beginning a religious institution, period. I don't care if you are a Hindu. I don't care what religion you come out of. Marriage has always been a purview of religion. As a Christian, I look at marriage as an institution provided by my God, my creator, himself, between a man and a woman. Not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman. And it's something you should not need a license or a permit for through the state. The Bible taught that a a man needed permission from the woman's father to take her as his wife. The point is, marriage was always a private religious matter, not a state-controlled matter. The state was never given authority in the Bible in areas of marriage. Matter of fact, no religion ever gave the state purview in matters of marriage. So how do we get to the point where sodomites and lesbians can marry? That's my question. We got there because the state took control of the marriage and the church laid down and rolled over like it always seems to do in the last 150 years. And then the state began to decide what marriage is and isn't. And now we see We see what happens when we give something that belongs to God to the state. It becomes an abomination. They believe they own marriage. They believe they can tell you what marriage is. And now you have the United States Senate and the current reprobate House of Representatives passing a new same-sex marriage legislation. It is designed to codify what is now de facto law. When did the state get involved in marriage? There should not be any of this. I really believe if I had my way, I would get the state totally out of it. This is a decision between two adults. And if they want to be firmly entrenched in Christianity to have their right of marriage, they don't need to get a license or permission from the state. And I will even admit that goes to the reprobates that want to get married outside of God's ordained purpose. Within your own confines, keep the state out of it. Answer before God for what you've done. But don't make me accept it. Don't make me encourage it. Don't make me believe in it. Don't make me have to support it. You know, I don't understand how the church ever let it go. But I do know that states and counties found ways of making money on the deal to sell you the license. And I know that this marriage license law stuff was used in ways that are not scriptural over the years. And so I look at this family organization being told that the wait staff is refusing to serve you. Fine. And we still have cases in this nation where bakers and providers for weddings are being sued by gay couples 
because they won't serve them. Can we now sue that restaurant? Is that what you're saying? If we can't sue them, then I want every LGBT community uh, activist to shut up, sit down, and never speak to us again. Never demand we do anything again. If we say no, it means no. Go away. Leave us alone. You have no standing. Maybe it's time that they hear they have no standing. I'll give Ron Paul, libertarian, he said back in 2012, I'd like to see all governments out of the marriage question. I don't think it's a state decision. It is a religious function. Because he said, biblically and historically, the government was very uninvolved in marriage until recent times. Even monarchs didn't get involved. There was a time in the United States you didn't need permission from the state to get married. A young couple could go to a preacher's house and get married. They didn't need a big wedding. And of course, it's a business now. Big weddings are a business. You know it and I know it. We as Christians need to take back what is rightfully ours and not let the state tell us what we can and cannot do, how we can and cannot teach, what we can and cannot say. In some countries, parts of the Bible are being banished, banned, and called hate speech. It can put you in jail. Yeah, it can, for real. And the way things are going in this nation between a centralized digital currency to force you to comply to things, because they can cut your money off if you're not obedient, and don't think that is as far-fetched. It is not far-fetched. It worked in Canada, and they don't even have a central digital currency yet. They just, you know, froze a bank account. Protest against little man-child Trudeau, and they'll shut off your bank account for a while until you comply. China does the same thing. The reprobates are taking over governments. They're taking over institutions that don't belong to them. So what is your plan moving forward? Oh, I'm going to go to the ballot box on election day, Bob, and I'm going to fix it. No, you're not. No, you are not. What you may consider is voting early for a change so you don't get knocked out of voting on election day. But that is not our hope. Never has been, never will be. And this is why... I look at this program, I can sit here and read all the bad news all day long, and there are a lot of other people that do even a better job of speculating on all the nefarious stuff under the surface than I do. The only problem with a lot of them is when they speculate, sometimes they get it wrong. And, and I'm, I want to be so careful not to fall into traps of misinformation. By the way, I really believe that The satanic people put stories out there to bait Christians to jump all over to then repeat and share in their social media and in email threads and what have you and at their churches and among their friends over lunch, over dinner, over breakfast to make you look like a fool because they'll let you share this story for a long time and then they reveal the truth that embarrasses you And the whole idea of doing that is what's called, it's a reverse kind of psychop. You, and and listen, Adolf Hitler did this during the Second World War. He would feed information out to people that was, well, his 
propaganda ministers that opposition and resistance would grab on and they would start sharing all this stuff. And then they were exposed for sharing stuff that was absolutely not true and they lose their credibility in the eyes of their audience and people no longer trust them. If you want to take down a voice, if you want to take down a radio program or a video or a podcast or a TV program, discredit the host. Discredit the organization by feeding them fake news that they keep putting out and putting out until one day the plug gets pulled and everybody sees that what they were saying was not true. It is hard for any organization to recover if it has been done that well and for a long time. And I see a lot of these places that I look at for news that have fallen victim to that over time. They really have. They have repeated stories over and over again that really do turn out not to be true. And is it because these people were willfully giving misinformation? No, they were giving information that appeared on the surface, number one, to be in agreement with their position. Number two was a scary headline, so they want to put it out there. And number three, they keep putting it out there because they're in the business of getting clicks or income or money. I know many ministries. I worked for one at one time that I can't tell you the number of times stories were put out on that program that ended up being wrong. The difference was they never came back to apologize when they were wrong. They just moved on, kept their mouth shut, said nothing, and went on to the next story. That, to me, destroys a ministry's credibility. It really does. So I don't buy into any of that. I just don't. So I, I'm very careful. I mean, I've been, I got hit once with a story when we had been gone and I was dealing with the surgery and I didn't have the time to do my normal vetting and I started to push a story out that ended up being wrong. And something in my mind told me the next day, I better double check this. I just woke up and said, I just feel bad about something didn't feel right. And in double checking, I did. This has got to be about a month and a half ago. I did have a story toward the end of a program that was incorrect. And I corrected it the next day. Too late by the time I realized what had happened. And so I apologize to you for that. But I know many organizations that don't and they need to we all need to be careful we all need to recognize from time to time those that hate us those that want to destroy us will sometimes succeed and when they do we have to be honest with the audience that we've been had that we fell victim and then warn others not to repeat that story if you hear about it elsewhere truth will win Truth is truth. I'm beginning to believe something that I read a a great article about, that sometimes if you tell a bigger lie, it's easier for people to fall victim to and believe. If somebody tells you something that is kind of the truth, but you can discern the difference easy, you will discern the truth easily. 
But sometimes if the person you believe has got credibility in what they are saying, now listen to me carefully on this one. If you believe this person has authority, background, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and even as far-fetched as what they are saying to your mind, it just seems weird, you might believe it for one reason. You realize you you don't know as much as they do. And maybe my perception is wrong, and they are right. And you can fall victim easy to a big lie. The bigger the lie, and they knew that in the Third Reich, the bigger the lie, the easier it is to sell. Now, in time, those lies get exposed. Look at those that are still in panic about the coronavirus. You know that over 90-some-odd percent of the population, it ranges between 93 and 97% of the population in the United States and Canada have been exposed to COVID, have had COVID, or such a mild case they never knew it was COVID. And many that tested positive were not even COVID to begin with. But there's been exposure and we have been getting to herd immunity. And that's another story for another day. Yet there are still people running around in restaurants and in grocery stores and in their cars wearing N95 masks. By the way, they don't do any better than the other ones do. There's so many studies out there. But they have been so beaten up in fear. They have been so lied to for so long. It's like the Stockholm Syndrome. They begin to fall you know, in love with their torturers and their tormentors. And they believe them. We've got to be better than that. This program, like I say, today, I I didn't get to the stuff that I really wanted to get to. And I I don't know why. I guess maybe because I'm tired. Maybe I did get to something I needed to get to. We need to rethink our plan. How we survive in the days, weeks, and months ahead. We are in a very sin-sick world. And we're not going to fix it at the ballot box. We're going to fix it one person at a time. One individual coming into the realization of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the beginning. And even as this world heads to its own self-destruction, we will have the certainty and the confidence to keep looking up because this could be our golden daybreak. Now, If you believe in this ministry and keeping us on shortwave, we need to hear from you. Use the website, truth2ponder.com. You can use Give, Send, Go. It works wonderfully. Or you can mail a check or money order made payable to Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. And we will be back tomorrow with another episode of Truth to Ponder. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.